Welcome to the frontier of the metaverse, where we learn from high quality entrepreneurs, artists, and change makers shaping the future of the metaverse. Here we discuss how to level up, how to get started, and how to get ahead of the opportunity. I'm your host, Howard Kingston. Welcome. Now, normally in this podcast, I interview world-class investors, entrepreneurs, and changemakers. But today's a little bit different, and I wanted to introduce myself to you. Now, the world of the metaverse has really changed my life, and I'm incredibly excited about it. So I wanted you to know my story, how I got here. And when I was thinking about who would be a good person to interview me, I really couldn't think of anyone better than my wife, Stephanie Kingston. Now, Stephanie has seen my journey, of course, but also she is a very successful business person herself. She's the founder of Pollen and Grace, a food business she started in her kitchen and grew it to a multi-million pound business. She's across the UK and is stocked in leading supermarkets like Tesco and Sainsbury's. Basically, she's very successful in her own right. So three things we're gonna talk about today are one, how I got started in the space. Two, some of my biggest mistakes I've made to date, including one which I call my half a million dollar mistake. And thirdly, specific projects I'm excited about and I've personally invested in. With that, let's get to the show. Stephanie, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Excited to be here in the driver's seat today uh, so that we can all get to know a little bit more about you. Needless to say, uh, the metaverse has taken over our lives uh, over the, the last six to 12 months. And I think it's important that everyone gets an insight into, uh, yeah, what, what happens behind the, high, behind the scenes uh, at, at home. <laughs> so um, I'm intrigued. So tell us, what has you excited about the metaverse? So one of the reasons I'm so excited is just the huge potential So I've been a tech entrepreneur for a while now, set up a few businesses. And one thing, if I could do differently, it would be to start earlier. You know, start when the likes of Amazon was launching and Google was launching, because that's really so many of the huge businesses start early. And that's really what I see happening now and I'm really excited about. So about eight, 10 years ago, I was helping launch a gaming company. So it was a virtual world around the area of football or soccer, depending where you are in the world. And I remember at the time, we had millions of users playing that game. And I remember at the time, we made all our money through these things called virtual items. And essentially, that's people buying virtual cans of Red Bull, virtual Nike boots, virtual uh, other items. And I remember at the time, that really blew my mind. Like, this is eight, ten years ago. People paying decent money. We had one thing, one item. It was a virtual yacht that people paid over $1,000 for. And I remember eight, ten years ago, that absolutely blew my mind. But then when I was in more recently in the space and I started seeing people buy these virtual virtual items like 
NFTs, but these had actual more real-life utility and you could actually sell them. You couldn't do that in the virtual game we launched. Uh, I really, for me, that was just like, yes, I can see this. It's not a new need that has been invented. It's really just an extension to this to this behavior millions of people were already doing for the last decade and it was just the next evolution of that so that got me really excited and now I can see the potential of that across so many industries you know I really see the metaverse it's not just about you know nfts or jpegs or even vr it's really about how it can impact all industries banking fashion, entertainment, I really see this this area of Web3 and the metaverse going to touch all of our lives and we're so early and we all have a chance to become a part of it. So yeah, that has me really excited. So for those of you listening, uh, I think it's worth mentioning at this point that every Saturday, uh, Howard wakes up at 6am because he is so excited he can't sleep because all he wants to do is get up and work on his metaverse projects and deep dive and learn more about this. Uh, needless to say, that is an obsession because it is not easy to get him out of bed. Can you tell us what sparked it all? Yeah, I would say I, you know, uh, like I was involved, yeah, when I was doing technology stuff for years, I'd heard about blockchain, but it had not really gotten into my brain for a while and I largely you know wasn't didn't go into it but that changed now we moved from London uh, about two years ago 18 months ago uh, to a little island called Madeira uh, which is a Portuguese island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean we had been living in London before that and yeah we just just during Covid we decided to get out of London it was great we moved to this beautiful paradise island now Soon after, like literally within weeks of us arriving there, uh, it went all over the news that Madeira, that very island we were on, was being named, it was named the the first ever digital nomad village. Um, so there was all these digital nomads. Now, a digital nomad are people who, you know, just work from their computer. They can travel around the world. And uh, yeah, so all of a sudden there was this community. We're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on this tiny paradise island. And there's hundreds, thousands of of all these digital nomads living on the island with us. Now, there was one point where you, Stephanie, uh, had to head back to London and uh, for some business stuff. You're an entrepreneur yourself, of course. And... Uh, I moved into a hotel. Like there was this like opportunity to move into a a five star hotel. This guy Bogdan, uh, legend guy, had gone to the f- local five star hotel and said, "Listen, instead of closing down, why don't you do a cracking deal for us digital nomads that are on the island? That way you can stay open as a hotel." They said yes. So there was this great deal, <laughs> deal of a lifetime to live in a five star hotel for two months, right? Which I did. And when I was there, you go down for breakfast. It was really cool because I didn't, you know, you you wouldn't, I didn't know anyone else on the island really. You were in London at the time and I could go down on a Saturday morning and it just would be a big table of digital nomads sitting around having breakfast and everyone's doing different things. But one thing that was 
just a theme every single meal that we had the conversation would come back to crypto right and there was a ton of crypto people there people who'd made a lot of money or cryptocurrencies and stuff and you know at the first i was kind of rolled my eyes a little bit i was like oh you know crypto and then slowly but surely the enthusiasm of these people started kind of just niggling away at me and you know some very very impressive people I got to know who'd made you know done very well with crypto and I started just learning about it a bit more from a yeah just learning about it a bit more and I remember I made our first kind of decent sized investment in cryptocurrency while I was at that hotel and uh, that I think was one of the main sparks I would say so anyone who's interested in learning about that hotel there was a article in GQ magazine journalists flew over to spend some time and kind of document what was going on because that hotel was a time and place in the world uh, you know it's it, you know it was really a great experience and there's a uh, article in GQ magazine if you just google uh, welcome to Zoom Island. You will find out a GQ magazine uh, article about it. And I think that was just really where I, it started. And then to your point about me getting up at 6am, which doesn't happen often. I'm normally a bit of a later riser. Um, yeah, I ju- it just kind of got into my brain at that point. And I just got up and I was learning and I was reading books and I was experimenting with a few different things. Um but that's where it all originated, I believe. So you've just mentioned that that was where you took your first step into uh, into this new world, so to speak, and made your first investment in crypto. So can you tell us a little bit more about what made you take the leap uh, and what did you consider when, when making that, that first move and, and investment? Okay, so the very first crypto investment... Um, I made was that was in Bitcoin and Ethereum all right it was 50 50 between the two Bitcoin most people have heard of Uh, Ethereum I think is one that everyone should know about it's very interesting cryptocurrency very good technology and and that's the thing like you know I've always been into technology and a lot of these crypto things, like don't get wrong, there's a lot of hot air about them, but there's a lot of really good technology that runs a lot of this stuff now. So I'd really encourage people not to just throw it all out, you know, as a as a scam or hot air or whatever. And as I learned more about the technology, I got more confident in it. Yeah, uh, put in some money by 50-50 uh, crypto, uh, sorry, uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin. And thankfully, the markets went up a lot, and that it naturally gave me gave me more confidence. Uh, you know, we tripled or whatever our money on it in about six months, and that just gave me a bit more confidence. And that then led me to mint my first NFT uh, around Christmas time. And here's the thing: like you know, I'd heard about NFTs, but I, I, yeah, like like most people just getting your head around them a bit is is a thing and I remember my first NFT around Christmas yeah I'd gotten up at 6 a.m on a Saturday and there was I just minted some random NFT it was a free mint so I didn't have to pay anything I had to pay some transaction fees as which they call gas 
but that was it it was almost like and that was, itself was a learning curve and uh i that was my first nft that was kind of like a worthless one to be honest but it was a great it was a, probably the biggest roi when it comes to learning actually that investment of time because I learned a good bit. And then I went away from NFTs and I went back into crypto for a bit. And uh, eventually I came back to NFTs. Yeah. So on NFTs, a topic which has consumed many of our evening and weekend conversations over the last few months. Can you tell us a little bit about what was going through your head when you came to me with a pitch to invest our savings into some JPEGs of some birds earlier this year? I'll go back a little bit to getting my head around nfts so uh, like i said earlier i had originally minted uh, just a free nft free nft it wasn't basically worthless but um, around that time i started listening to some podcasts from a guy called kevin rose who if you haven't heard of he's you know, a, a very well-established technology tech startup founder. He started a number of businesses. There was one called Dig, D-I-G-G, and then he went on to work with Google Ventures and just a very credible entrepreneur um, that I had followed for, you know, 10 years already. And he had a podcast, which uh, originally this one called Modern Finance, and then he has a, a, a uh, NFT podcasts as well and I just that was one of my sources of going down the rabbit hole right you know on the 6am uh, Saturday mornings where I was geeking out um, you know that was one of the sources for me and I remember after about a month or two he announced that he was releasing a NFT called the Proof Collective like that was what it was called and it was doing this, th- the way they was being sold was, it was on a Saturday and it was what's called a Dutch auction where it starts at a really high price and then it goes down to, uh, you know, it keeps on dropping in price every 15 minutes until it, uh, until it sells out. And uh, at the time, I think it was starting at some crazy price, like, I can't remember the details actually. It was about the equivalent of about $100,000, right? And I was just like, there's no way I'm going to be buying that. And it kept on going down in price every 15 minutes until it got down to close to $2,000, all right? And I remember at the time I was at home. I was here in Ireland. It was near Christmas. We're always in Ireland for Christmas. And I was cooking some sweet potatoes and I forgot about them because I was following this Dutch auction and they started to burn. And I remember going to the oven and I had to do loads of stuff to try and clean up the mess. And by the time I got back to the computer, it it, it sold out. And I was, I just missed it. I think I was about to buy, I was, I, I decided I'd made a decision I was going to buy it at $1,750 or something like that. I can't remember the exact details. Um, and it minted out just before that. It sold out just before that. And I was just like, ah, oh, so annoying. And then I had to go to the airport to pick you up. You were flying in from London, I think. And I remember being in the in the car, just going, you know, chatting to you about how I'd missed it. And, you know, we kind of talked about it and anything over $2,000. You know, we're saving for a house at the moment. So, um yeah, anything over $2,000 just seemed a lot. So I was, listen, you know, hopefully it'll come down in price. And of course it never did. It just went up and up and up. And at one point it was worth over, I think, 100 Ethereum. 
Um, and at the time, prices go up or down, but at the time, I think Ethereum was $5,000 per Ethereum. So that's half a million dollars, right? And you could imagine the regret and the FOMO I had of missing out and we had of missing out of this thing that you know could have bought for two thousand dollars and it was now worth half a million dollars about three months later um anyway i give that backstory because it's an important one um because then kevin rose the same guy i was following had a follow-on project uh because proof was the proof collective the original one was a very small small project it was only a thousand people in it could buy into it and he was releasing a different one called moonbirds and this time i was like right <laughs> you know that is not happening again so we're get, we're getting this and anyway so I, I pitched this to you and i remember the way that it, you know sometimes this metaverse web3 stuff and nft stuff can be overly complicated but basically you had to get these wallets, these uh, Web3 wallets. There's something called MetaMask. I won't go into that detail now. but And you had to load it up with um, 2.5 Ethereum. Now, I think Ethereum at the time was about, it was what? $3,500, right? Uh, you remember the figure. And each wallet had to have 2.5 Ethereum in it. And I wanted to get a few wallets ready to kind of put into the raffle you know, is the way that you did it so i had to come to you i remember one day saying like basic and, my, and, and you know i my savings were in this uh, account in the us where i i couldn't get it easily so i remember i had to say to come to you and say hey uh do you mind if we if i borrow uh twenty thousand pounds or something like that twenty five thousand pounds Okay, twenty five thousand pounds um, to so I can do this thing, right? Uh, the, buy, so I can, do, you know, buy these JPEGs of these owls, birds, uh, like literally a JPEG, right? And uh, you know, to your credit, you were just like, well, I'd actually like to ask you, like, what did you think uh, when I said that? All right. Well, something you need to know about Howard is. He does his research. He is obsessed with learning and he's obsessed with the technical detail. So I have confidence that if he has gone down the rabbit hole on it, he's done his due diligence uh, and he knows his facts. I trusted you. I could see how this whole world was changing your life. I could see how exciting it was. I could see the opportunity. Um, I am by no means uh, as tech savvy. Uh, I, I have never worked in the tech space. Um, so this whole metaverse uh, NFT crypto world was entirely new to me. But yeah, I, I, I trusted you. So it, I didn't even hesitate. Was was all in. I probably spent more time on OpenSea than, than you did, refreshing the page post-launch. Um and yeah, that that was really the start of the journey for me too. That's that's what sold it to me. And yeah, and just a slight uh, kind of tangential point. I think that was really that's really cool, right? Just having you know, just someone trusting you uh, like that. As a you know, we're both entrepreneurs, and having a relationship where we both believe in each other and and trust each other with stuff. And you know, not that everything always. Where you know everything always you know is 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 a home run on projects we work on and stuff, but 
just having that belief in each other is is is, is great. Um, so thank you. Uh, yeah. So just to follow on what kind of what happened next, I remember we got selected for two Moonbirds, uh, which the project which was called, and uh, we were on holiday. It was Easter. I remember. So really, still not that long ago. Um, but uh, yeah, we minted two. Is like it was the most amount of money I've ever spent. Probably, I don't know, like, have I spent more money on anything before? I can't remember, but we, anyway, invested in those two JPEGs of these two owls, uh, instantly fell in love with them, but uh, the what happened next was the, yeah, just the, like, we minted them at 2.5 ETH, and within probably a week or two, they were up at, I don't know, close to 40 ETH, I think, um, and at the time... You know, Ethereum was probably worth about three and a, three and a half thousand dollars. So, you know, they were worth over a hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollars each. And uh, just that feeling of, uh, I, I don't know, it was a weird experience. So I just want to explain what, try and explain what it felt like at the time. Like, it was quite a, I would like, it was a dopamine rush, right? Is the only way to describe it. And it definitely took over my brain. And probably some of my body for a good week or two, right? And there's very few experiences I've had, um, certainly legal ones, that have uh, ever given me that feeling. And, you know, I think up until that point, emotionally, I was really excited about this space. But, you know, you always have these questions. Like, I'm a big believer. I have a, you know, I've always been a, a digital you know, kind of data-driven marketing guy and data over opinion is always really important to me. So emotionally, I was always really excited about it before, but now I had the data that, hey, you know, there's something really exciting going on here. Um, I should spend more time on it. So uh, I think that, that, yeah, that just explains that. So clearly a pivotal moment. Can you tell us, how has that changed your life since, since that day in Easter? Yeah, well, it has, right? Um, first of all, it's given me confidence to invest some more in the space, which then has, you know, we've had some other, you know, projects that have done really, really well that we've invested in in the space. And I think it just has opened up a level of freedom that, you know, just a different level of freedom, right? When, when you ha- hold assets that... Um, you know allow you to do things um and i think it just has given us permission a little bit to think you know think more about what we should do in that space Uh, and that's something i'm i'm really really excited about and that has been a genesis to start this show for example so in a lot of ways it has really given us uh permission that this is uh this is an amazing thing that we should spend more time on yeah so i i think on that uh it's given us permission to to think bigger actually in terms of uh what what we do in in life and finance um i would say you for me um seeing you go through this journey and jumping on the bandwagon as well has has definitely changed my perspective on life um particularly i think it's it's changed how we think about finances. Um, now, for those of you who are listening, um, Howard and I are total geeks on financial planning. We hold uh, 
a board meeting each month just for ourselves, for our personal finances. Uh, it normally takes us about two hours and we love it. Uh, so <laughs> needless to say, we, we spend a, a fair bit of bit of time on this. Um, keen to hear though, how has it changed your approach to finance? Yeah, um, I think our, our, our approach to finance has changed quite a lot in the last two years. And just for context, we've been together for... Ten, nine, ten, yeah, nine. Okay, nine, um, and nine years. N- nine years, nine years. Yeah, just for 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 to be confirmed. Um, all right. So, how has it changed our approach to finance? I would say one of the most pivotal moments of how our approach to finance changed was moving out of London, right? Because London is an expensive place, and you know, just moving out of London, moving to Madeira, just gave us a different level of personal personal income i think and disposable income allowed us to invest for the first time and something we had got something we're very excited about is this idea of saving up and having enough money to buy a house without a mortgage all right if there's a there's a bit of reading. There's a guy called, there's a great blog called Mr. Money Mustache. I'd heard about him through the Tim Ferriss podcast. And I just, just really, I loved it. It was just an un- unconventional, I've always been draw- drawn to unconventional ways of doing things. And this for me, it's just like, it's not normal. Like most people just go down the road of having a mortgage and then always having to pay that mortgage back and having to work it really hard every, every month. And, um, we ju- I think one of the things that we love is our probably our most important things in our life is freedom, right? It's why we're both entrepreneurs and the ability to have enough money, build, build a beautiful home and not have a mortgage and just be able to save up and pay for it without a mortgage just has really given, been really excited, exciting for us. So I think having a North Star goal like that is important to us. I'd definitely recommend that. And from that, we have really gotten down the rabbit hole of learning about investing. We've listened to lots of books when we go. We love hiking. And on, on the drive to the hike, we'd listen to a book such as uh, some examples are Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We love that. And uh, Simple Path to Wealth. That's another one that we really enjoyed. Do you remember, what were some other ones? Do you remember? Oh, Psychology of Money is a great one we listened to recently. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few others, uh, but yeah, it, it really kind of, so I suppose the reason I'm saying that is education with finance is important. You're not taught it in school, um, which is crazy. And we have been down this path of educating ourselves about money. And with that is this idea of portfolio theory about, imagine you have a pie chart of where your assets are where your money is and you know one of our big things is we want to invest and buy this buy this housing build this house using you know without using uh, debt um and that's oh, that's our north star so we're laser eyed on that but we did want to have say 10 percent, 15 percent in more you know high risk but high potential return assets. And that's really where the, I suppose, the cryptocurrency thing came in. That's why we, we, you know, I knew it would be a good idea to have some kind of speculative investments there. And um, I can't even know if I've answered the question, but... um, 
how's it changed our approach to finance? Um, well, I suppose it has, it's all part of a journey. This is less about, I don't think the investing in NFTs has changed our approach to finance. I think our approach to finance had changed earlier and this was the result of the change. Fair point. So we've talked about some very exciting moments, some huge upsides. Naturally, what goes up must come down and the markets don't just go up, they come down. Obviously, markets not just in in crypto, but kind of across the whole world have taken a, a turn for the worse over the last few months. Now, psychologically, that can take take a hit. Uh, and I think if you're going to play in the, the, the space of the metaverse, particularly within crypto and NFTs, you need to be able to ride the roller coaster. What is your mindset around riding out the storm? Yeah, so at the time of recording, the markets are down, right? Um, now, I think one benefit to learning and learning a lot about different markets and stuff like that and reading and educating yourself on different market cycles is that that's pretty normal like markets go up markets go down um i'm very excited and confident about the overall trajectory of where this whole space is going and that's what I'm betting in. Like, you know, less about betting on the next three months, even the next year, next two years, whatever. For me, it's the next, where this is going over the next three to five years, right? Uh, you know, if you can zoom out, I just believe humans are on this march to digitization. Um, everything, you know, we've seen it over the last, think about like 10 years ago where we were, if you push that forward 10 years we're just going to be like the human race is, is just going in that direction and this whole area of the metaverse nfts web3 is just part of that so for me i'm happy to be able to i'm in no rush to we're now in in no rush to sell stuff um so we only invest in things that we have long-term conviction on that we believe will be around in two, three years or longer and will have great value over the, the, those years. Um, yeah, so so that's really, I, I think, long-term on it. I think if you're worried about short-term, I think the key thing is here, and this is a big key lesson, um, you know, we only invested money that we could. And I think that's a great lesson for anybody uh, to, you know, you, you can't, I, I, I actually just heard this week that 58% of the US population, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're in that position, I just, I don't think you should be, I wouldn't suggest to anyone be investing large amounts of money in this space that if you if you're worried about losing it you shouldn't be investing it but if if you have 10 15 percent of money on the side that you can invest in speculatively for the long term then that's then then you don't get too worked up if the markets are down for a period of time because what goes down usually does come up although that's not guaranteed true true now I'm keen to come back onto NFTs and hear a little bit more 
about what it is. What is it about NFTs that has you so excited? It's probably the one that has seized the cultural uh, attention of of many, many people uh, at the moment. And, you know, NFTs, like to, to the person who's just come along and seeing NFTs for the first time, it, it just seemed crazy. Like there's an image, there's a, you know, a picture of an ape or like, why is that worth so much money? People just don't, you know, understandably, people might question it. But, you know, first of all, uh, you know, I give the story uh, that I gave earlier. I've seen this behavior for, for a long time. People buy virtual items. And NFTs now can mean different things, right? So people buy NFTs and I buy NFTs t- for different reasons, right? One is it can be for, you know, people buy them, ultimately, they can get financial gain from them. So some people can buy them as an asset. And the cool thing is you can sell them again. Um, So it's, you know, so that's one element. But the second element is, so one might be money, you know, you'd be excited about it. The second is access. And this whole area of NFTs and Web3 and Metaverse is really so deeply community driven and different nfts give you access to communities so i'm in a community of builders um which are you know entrepreneurs who are building things in the web3 space and it's so new having a a group of people to bounce ideas off is amazing um and we're all building things together uh so access and then access to to parties and access to membership clubs so i would say a lot of nfts would be the equivalent of the uh, like Soho House, right? It's a modern equivalent of a membership club where you get access to select groups of people. And uh, people, you know, humans have always been into tribes. And this is, again, this is an extension to that. And then the third is ego um, and identity. So um, like NFTs, you see a lot of people using as their profile picture on Twitter, etc. So it's a again, it's a digital way for people to show off things that, you know, who they are in an identity. And but humans have done that for hundreds of years. Like look at your Rolex watch, the only reason or your Prada bag or your car. Like, you know, it's not just the functional elements of these things people buy. They buy it to signal to other humans. And this is a very human human thing. So these are the things that I get a lot of functionality. I get a lot of uh, use. I, I really enjoy uh, about NFTs. Um, I'm also very into, like, I love the a lot of NFT art. Um, you know, we can talk a little bit about that. But for me, like, it's really natural that art will become, you know, a lot of NFT art is just digital art right it's digital art on the blockchain and some people i've spoken to would go oh digital art it's not as good as it's not real art right it's not you know a painting and i just think that's i'm just surprised by that a little bit because you know think about like 10 years ago people used to think oh you can never meet people romantically online that's weird and hey now today everyone's meeting romantically including that's how we met right um and i i used to be a dj and people would be 
saying, oh, electronic music, that's not real music. And now I think everyone's kind of bought into the fact that electronic music is a legit form of music. And I, I'm, you know, for me, it's just very inevitable that this digital art is just as credible a form of art than if you're using a brush and some paint um and for me that's very very inevitable so hence why i uh, yeah uh, that's hopefully i've asked the question indeed so you've touched on the two different types of nfts there you've got your nfts with utility which have the added value and then you have nfts which serve an artistic purpose we can say can you tell us about within each which projects have sparked your interest yes okay so Projects I love and I personally hold. Um, so I'm very excited about the, uh, I've, I mentioned the Moonbirds collection uh, run by Kevin Rose. Um, so they would be a, you might call it a, a blend between utility and art. Like it wouldn't be fine art, but certainly people do like the images. I like the images. So Moonbirds would be one we'd be very excited about. And love the community there. Um, on, still on the utility side, um, there's a project called Admit One, which is run by a guy called G Money. Again, very, very credible guy who's partnered with some great brands like Adidas and, and things. He's just a great influencer in the space. That's one that we recently bought into, um, which again, the reason we bought into that is just it gives us an access to a very high level, you know, high group, high level group of people, uh, great thinkers in the space. Um, what else? So there's one called Pop, uh, C CPG Pop. This is a community of entrepreneurs and marketers and people building stuff in the space. And um, so there's a different kind of conversation in there. It's less about, you know, buying NFTs, more about building projects. And there's that's amazing. And then on the art, so they're kind of on the utility and the community side. So on the art side, uh, something we love and I'm very passionate about is uh, there's a project called Art Blocks, and in particular, there's one called the Chromie Squiggle. We like you're smiling as I say this because we love the Chromie Squiggle. Um, it, you know, uh, it 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 seems quite simple when you see it, but it, there's absolute beauty in the in the image and it's one of the original kind of og um pieces of digital art is a type of art called generative art which is created from algorithms and right so rather than a human you know kind of creating it manually it's created from an algorithm now naturally a human has created the algorithm right but this is one of the first of its kind so i definitely recommend if you're interested in looking at some of these pieces there's a there's a leading website called art blocks and the chromie squiggle was one of the first pieces that was released on art blocks so that would be our favorite and we were we you know recently i was over at nft nyc and one of our you know, our chromie squiggle was on display in an art gallery over there which was super cool you know just to see it in in real life and uh yeah so they would be some of the ones we like all right and tell me what projects are on your wish list that i need to be worried about you spending our life savings on up next so first of all don't worry we're not going to be spending our life savings um 
But uh, should we buy some more of the things that I have my eye on? I would say I'd like to get more art blocks, the generative art pieces. I feel we've been built. I've been building out um, the collection around the utility side, so I have the right community around us. And I kind of think we're in a really good place there now. So there's nothing on that side um, that I feel there's a need for right now. Whereas on the art block side, there's some I've really gotten to appreciate uh, generative art, you know, quite deeply. And I've got a list of ones that I would love to to get. And I definitely, definitely have my eyes on. Um, someday I do. There's a very classic piece um, project called a crypto punk crypto punks as well. Definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't heard about it. Um, I'd love a CryptoPunk someday, but right now they're a little pricey, but someday uh, we'll see. Yes, we would definitely be spending our life savings if we bought a CryptoPunk. <laughs> so I think given your background as a marketeer, it would be amiss if we didn't touch on what the metaverse means for marketing. Something that really struck me was we were out in a walk one day and we were listening to one of your podcasts. I think it was the guys from Moonbirds who have recorded it and they were talking about the team that they were building out. They didn't mention they were hiring a head of marketing. They mentioned that they were hiring a head of community. And for me, that was a big aha moment uh, in realizing how the world was changing and how it was changing even from a brand, so I'm speaking from an entrepreneurial perspective as well. I obviously have a, a business and, you know, we, we have a marketing department within that and how we speak to our customers and, and how we engage with our community. Um, you know, it, it's tried and tested. It's been, it's what's been done, but I can see that there is a, a new wave of doing things coming up. Can you tell us a bit more about that? your perspective yeah that's a that's a good question uh yeah i've really noticed that and that is one of the things i've been again i just love seeing things being done in a different way and i saw really early that the way nft projects or you know anything in the metaverse and web 3 the the way things are being built it's just different you know um there's different channels like everything's on twitter hey twitter i thought twitter was dead Twitter is so back alive again. Like talk about Lazarus coming back from the 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 dead there. Uh, like Twitter is huge. Uh, there's a platform called Discord, and I remember you know when I was doing those six a.m. starts, and I was you know I downloaded Discord. I'd never used it before, and I was hanging out in these Discord channels at six a.m. and for these projects, and there would be two hundred thousand people on these Discord channels all just chatting about the NFT protest. And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, what, what is going on? And uh, so, yeah, there's a definitely a new playbook, definitely a different way of doing things. Uh, and that, that actually excites me because I think where marketing has gotten to with a lot of things is so much, it's so pushy, you know? It's like, you know, in your face on social media, all these ads of everyone just like pitching their thing and uh, people like cold calling you and cold messaging you and cold emailing you and push 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 and web3 marketing is different there's different channels like i mentioned things like discord different way of doing things uh, but also it's it's so community focused it's 
you can't push things on people like literally if you run a paid ad campaign for for a web3 project like an nft instant red flag just no one would take it credibly you know just for running ads and i like that it's all about you have to be great you have to give real value and you have to allow people to talk about you and you build up organically from there and i think that's i just think that's a such a it just feels more real uh actually uh than the old way of doing things which is ironic because a lot of people think this web3 stuff isn't real but i actually think there's more like you know organic real t- real realism to it than uh, a lot of the old way of of doing business so it's definitely a new frontier Um, But I do think it's quite exciting. Uh, As you said, it really is uh, putting the power back in the individual uh, and and us building communities that that work for us, uh, not not for the big guys. Yeah. So I guess to pick back up on that point, uh, Web3 does present a huge opportunity for us as individuals. Great point. And yeah, so when it comes to opportunity, I really think there is a huge one. Now, I'm always being a big believer in finding people who are smarter than I am and kind of following what they're doing. And when I look at the smartest people when it comes to new technologies, really for me, it's people who are in the venture capital area as well as the smartest developers and engineers. And you really look at what they're doing now and that's usually, they're usually early on big, big trends. And you can rest assured if the top venture capitalists, top VCs are investing money in stuff, heavily you can guarantee there's there's something there right and i've seen over the last six months nine months the top vc firms the likes of a16z sequoia capital union square ventures these guys are all now investing hugely in web3 metaverse things like if this was all smoke and you know there was nothing there believe me they would not be investing so heavily for give you an example of that is uh a16z announced a 4.5 billion fund for metaverse and web3 and on the engineer side the likes of like 10 15 years ago the top smartest people were going to facebook now the smartest people are leaving facebook to come and work in these web3 companies so i think if ever if you had any question marks there that this is a good future that for me has given me great confidence anyway and people that i have been following for the last decade a16z vcs or chris dixon is another great vc or andrew chen is a guy i I used to follow 10 years ago and they've all moved now to metaverse so that really gives me confidence so what does this mean for you if you're listening see this like a call to arms because there's loads of opportunity here if you're an innovator if you if you call yourself an innovator and chances are if you're listening to this podcast you do call yourself and self-identify as an, an innovator this is a call to arms you need to know about this stuff don't just go oh you know it's not for me no take responsibility start learning some stuff you know even if it's just listening to this podcast while you're you know even if you don't understand everything straight away just just stick with it and keep learning and you know, if you're that's if you're an innovator. If you want to get a job in this space, there's tons of jobs available now in Web3. Like like I've been saying in this episode, there's 
so many new new areas of web3 that you know just the old way of th doing things doesn't really work anymore so even if you're non-technical you don't need to be a developer there one of the most in-demand roles is what's called a web3 community manager and that would be in the likes of discord and believe me it is it's it's different you, you know it's very different than just being a social media manager for example um and web3 marketing is very different as well so there's all these new skills popping up and if you're a web3 native and you really need to you know if you're involved in this world you, there's so many opportunities for jobs for really really great companies and if you're an entrepreneur well like literally you're imagine it, you've got a chance here to be in an environment It's like 1997 with the internet. Like almost nothing has been built yet in Web3. There's so many opportunities. And again, tons of funding going into it. So there's great opportunity there. And if you're neither, neither of those things and you just want to collect or invest, you know, there's great opportunity there. Like, of course, do your own research. Uh, there's no guarantee in all these things, but the reality is that you know there will be <laughs> there will be a lot of people uh, doing well from this area, whether it be you know cryptocurrencies, uh, NFTs, or whatever. Again, I really, really do stress: do your own research there, and not everything is guaranteed. And there's a you know there's a lot of ways to lose money there, but a lot of people will be doing well. Um, so I th I think that's it. Like really take this as a call to arms. Uh, there's so much opportunity and I hope that you, uh, yeah, you, you go for it. Final question, time to wrap things up. If there was someone listening who was new to this space, what would you say? Yeah, so if you're new to the space, some of these concepts, and that's why we're doing this show, right? Because uh, there is a lot of people that this is new to. I was that person not that long ago and I know how hard it is. Like I'm pretty good at learning stuff and digesting stuff and I know for a lot of people wouldn't be like that um, as <laughs> determined at 6 a.m. to learn these things so that's really why we're doing this show so I would encourage you to just have an open mind with things even though things might sound a bit mad you know listen TikTok sounded mad right the first time you listen you heard about TikTok you were like that's stupid that's stupid that's stupid and you might th still think TikTok is stupid. I'm not going to disagree with you. But like, listen, this year, TikTok had more people using it, had more traffic than Google did. Just think about that. So even if it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't mean that it's not the way people want to do things. And listen, you know, every generation has had these things before it. So I really encourage you, first of all, don't just write this stuff off as being crazy. Um, come into it with an open mind. And the only way you learn this stuff is is by, you know, rolling up your sleeves and trying it out a little bit. It, you know, I have a saying that you can't, you know, you can't learn how to drive a car by reading about it. You got to get in the car and you got to start the engine and drive around a bit. And then you go, oh, right. Okay, I understand this a bit. And it's very similar. So, you know, um, Find some people that you trust and follow them and, you know, don't just because there'll be a lot of people trying to say, hey, you know, invest in our thing. Invest, you know, don't do that. Uh, just find one or two people that you trust and follow them and take your time. 
but do don't just sit on the sidelines and watch it like do just try things even if you invest like i started t- with ten dollars on you know coinbase with my first uh piece of cryptocurrency i started with a free nft for my first nft just start slow and follow some people that you trust but do start great advice well, I think that's it for today. Thanks so much for thanks so much for having me. Hey, it has been loads of fun. I'd just say thank you for being I think it's really cool that you're into this stuff now as much as I am. And you know, we when we I remember when we bought our Moonbirds, we would you know, you would know more about all the traits and the different rarities of the different birds that we had than I would. And you kind of give me updates and the prices and stuff like that. And I just think it's a cool journey that a, you know, a, you know, a couple can go on, actually, just like learning about stuff together. I think it would be tough if one person was really into it and the other person just had no interest or thought it was completely stupid. I think that would be tough and um yeah no thank you for coming along on the show when i wanted to have somebody when i want you know just wanted to give a little bit more color of the journey and we were chatting and we thought it would be you know fun to do this so uh thank you very much and we'll have you on again hopefully thanks stephanie thanks so much all right that's it for this episode want to thank you for listening If you want to get the links and the show notes, just head on over to our website, frontierofthemetaverse.com. And if you like this episode, please do share it with anyone you know interested in all things metaverse. And of course, you can subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Would be very much appreciated. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.